<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology on DebraMar.fm. It is the 3rd of November, 2022, which means that there's like really no shopping time till Christmas and, and absolutely no uh, webmastering time till Christmas. But there's still a few things that you can do in advance of uh, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and the uh, really upcoming like a, like a freight train uh, holiday season. We're going to get to that in a little bit. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, and I'm joined with by Christine Schackinger from Sites Without Walls today. Hey, Christine. Hey, how are you today? Oh, it's been a long week and a long season. Um, autumn has been uh, really busy. <laughs> I feel like I've been <laughs> constantly moving, um, mostly in my desk chair, but constantly moving since, uh, since the beginning of uh, since Labor Day. How about you? Oh, I've had a busy time. I've been to Mexico. I've been to Data Search in Dallas. I've been to LA to, uh, I had to get some paperwork done for travel stuff. Um, yeah, so I've been doing a lot. Well, I forgot I what it's like to be that busy. <laughs> Indeed, eh? Um, it's, it's, it's like being going from uh, uh, being COVID shut in to suddenly being everywhere all at the same time. And I'd meant to ask you about State of Search. Um, Austin, Texas. Uh, Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. Um, yeah. that was uh, what last week, two weeks ago. Uh, no, yeah, just last week. So How was it? It was good. I talked on uh, Google algorithms and machine learning and search. And I didn't think I'd have that many people, but I had a full room just because that's one of those headier topics that doesn't always attract people. But I had a really good, um, good audience that were really interested and had questions and. Uh, it was a nice small conference. I, I kind of really like those small conferences because, you know, in the bigger ones, everyone goes 10 different directions. It's really hard to keep, keep up with people. And you're like, you were here when you see them tweeting or leaving on the plane. Um, but uh, there, of course, you get to see everybody. And the people that run it were just so nice. Uh, one of the people, Chris, was one of the organizers, and they did a, they did a great job. And I got to meet new people and make some new friends. Um, I got to know... Uh, someone out of the UK, um, his name is uh, Rob, and uh, he's coming up with kind of a cool tool, which I will probably talk about in a later episode when he's finished with it. And um, Sean Dolan from Pushfire, we got to see him do stand-up comedy. Ah, right is, on. Yeah, which is way cool. And he's actually really good. Like, I laughed out loud. And I'm an easy, I will say, I'm an easy laugh on a small laugh. But, I mean, I, I had some big laughs. He did, he did a really good job on his set. So, um, so it was really fun. Uh, we got to see... 
like Tony Wright and David Ogletree, and I'm going to miss somebody, and someone's going to be mad. I got to see Ryan Jones mm-hmm. in person. I talked to him online all the time, but in person, so it was uh, really first nice. First time you met Ryan, right on. Yeah, no. Uh, Rob <laughs> Woods was, was down there. Um, oh, yeah, sorry, I told you I forget somebody important. Um, but it was just really nice to be in person, and you know, to have a drink with somebody or a meal and talk, and you know, meet each other and, and go to the next event and go to the next talk and. You know, just have those moments you don't get online, you know, where you have those happenstance walking down the hallway and you just talk to someone you barely knew and now you're friends. So Indeed. it was very nice. Yeah. Um, conferences are back again. Um, although people should beware and be careful at conferences. Um, I'm not sure what if there was a COVID takeaway from State of Search. I know that uh, previously yes. uh, there was a COVID takeaway from State of Search. Yes, and I won't say who, um, but it was very nice of the person. They did contact me and tell me, and they're really sorry. And I said, listen, I'm going to this conference. I took on the risk, so it's not your fault at all. So wow. uh, I did take uh, three three tests this week, and I did not have any positives. So. Well, you're very, you, indeed, and, 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 and that's quite lucky. I also understand previously the um, uh, search awards uh, – that happened in Las Vegas two weeks ago or three weeks ago. We're also a spreading event. My mm-hmm. point is, be careful. Like the conferences are back on again, travels back on again, and uh, COVID season is back on again all at the same time. Now people should go to conferences because this is how our industry has grown, how we've exchanged uh, information, developed stuff, uh, de- developed the industry, developed technique, and most importantly, developed the relationships that allow us to uh, communicate and keep up with the search engines or at least try to keep up with the search engines and then serve our <laughs> clients. Um, that's what the conference does. One of the, one of the functions the conferences have, and it would be really good to see a really healthy ecosystem evolve around them again. Also, let's face it. It's good for business to have a traveling roadshow come to your city every once in a while um, talking about what you do. Yeah, it's great because, you know, I, I love my friends and they try really hard. They read, even read my articles, but they don't know what I do for a living. They don't understand it. So, And Vegas is not a big area for SEOs. So it's really nice to have, um, you know, just those talks with people that understand what you do. <laughs> so you're not explaining all of it. Well, and, and, yeah, in the, in the beginning, I used to try to describe it to my non-SEO friends, people who weren't in the industry. And um I'd try to say it was a place where you don't have to explain the same concept twice. And that was so liberating. Um, and then they look at me funny, like I was an asshole or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> I miss the conferences. You know, those were places where you don't have to explain the same, co- the same concept twice because people just get it. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, okay, so it's, it's great. it was great. Oh. It was really fun. And if uh, you do get to see... If you're at a conference with uh, Sean Dolan, he'll probably do an open mic event. So check him out because he really is funny. <laughs> um, anything else Anything else from State of Search uh, that uh, any uh, big announcements or uh, uh, big breakthroughs that, that were announced or talked about? Oh, gosh, you know, I don't have to think about that. My brain's a little mush after. I noticed that my, my pandemic brain that, you know, just had to manage my house and like maybe go in the store once a week. Is having trouble keeping up with <laughs> clients and meetings and all the other things and travel and search and blah, blah, blah. so. <laughs> well, one of the neat things that came out of the pandemic um, was working from home. Um, and, and, and many of us in the, in the SEO and, 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 and digital services, and she's already 
worked from home or worked remotely. But um, many, many of the teams you work with didn't. They, they worked in office settings. But working from home, um, teams and groups became way more productive. Um, and this has actually been proven reverse, sort of, by how unproductive people have been um, who've actually who've had been forced to go back into the office. And so think about the last um, two years, COVID brain or not, all the new stuff that we have to keep up with as we ourselves have been moving faster in our own careers, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just, it's crazy. It's just so much to keep up with. <laughs> you forgot you had to keep up with so much. I find I'm accomplishing more in a day, more tasks in a day than I did two or three years ago. And that's because the people I'm working with are pushing me further and faster because they're accomplishing more than they did when they were all working in offices. Yeah, exactly. Although uh, for me, it's a little less so because I, I used to go to the pub like a couple times a week. When I say pub, it's like a really kind of restaurant that we just call a pub. Um, and I would concentrate, you know, just open up my laptop, concentrate for four or five hours. I haven't felt comfortable going back yet to do that, but I think I might start soon because being in my house every day for the last three years, it's kind of hard for me to focus all the time. Sometimes it's it's a little like, oh, there's the TV. Oh, there's the kitties. Oh, there's laundry. Oh, and then it's like half the day goes by. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, the whole thing started with you were at say to search recently and it's really liberating to be back. <laughs> on the road, going to conferences, uh, uh, talking. You're, you're going to be in Barbados next next week, are you not? Not two weeks, but yes, I'm so excited. By the way, if you're listening from uh, Europe, UK, Martin McDonald is running the conference. He has an amazing deal with you with flight and conference. I think you're under 500. Uh, flight both ways. And then the US, I, people I think have a mistaken idea that it's like really hard to get to Barbados. I heard people at the conference like, you have to take like five flights. No, there's like six airports on the East Coast that fly directly. So if you take a nonstop to that airport and then fly from there, you won't have any problems. So, but Martin has a whole bunch of um, off, you know, it's not, it's going to be a different kind of conference. Like um, UK does one by the beach. We quarter like that. There's a boat day planned with all sorts of stuff going on that'll be local. So it won't be just conferencing. And then um, I don't know if it's at the place he stays, but. When he went there on the special visa, he got this amazing historical house to stay in, which has a, like 15,000 square feet, I think. Cost okay, him so less if you can't find a hotel room, you can find a quarter at Martin's place, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That Christine sent you. Yeah, no, I don't know that the whole house is open. But I do know that it cost him less than California. So. That's incredible. Well, like, um, uh, this, this sounds like it's going to be an, uh, an, an extra fun conference. Um, yeah. And a, uh, a, a sounds like it's, it's going to be a conference with with a number of the old guard there. So that would be that would be a great fun to be at. It will be, and Martin's going to reveal a new something. I know what the something is, so I'm not going to give any details. And um, if you don't know Martin McDonald, he is just like the most down to earth kind of person, and I know he'll run this conference like really well. So um, you know, anyone thinking of going, like, come on, come down there. I'll be speaking. I know Will Reynolds is speaking. I believe right on. Jenny, I always say Jenny's name wrong, which I hate because I've known her for so long. But Ayla, Um and then uh, there's a whole there's a whole bunch of really amazing speakers that'll be there, and you'll be able to just sit and hang out with us. So it's not like you know going to a conference where we all go separate ways. You know, we'll all be in the same place. Well, it's Barbados. How far can you go, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. 
Um, so Barbados SEO coming up in a, in, in a couple of weeks, that too is going to be an amazingly fun conference. Um, we should move forward. It's where we're, we're quarter past, uh, quarter past the start of the hour. Um, and it's been a pretty crazy couple of weeks in um, the social media world. As leading up to a crescendo of an incredibly crazy week this week. But um, before we get to uh, the, 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 the obvious um, elephant representation in the room, um, <laughs> I'd like to uh, start with this. social media in general is um, changing rapidly and not like a new interface that people get all freaked about, but more like um, implosion. Uh, in the old guard, the, 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 the Facebook has lost almost 300 billion this year, either through um, investors slapping it around or just burning money in the metaverse. Um, Mark Zuckerberg himself, I think just a couple of days ago on the, on the 27th, um, after, after Facebook put out its earnings report, Mark Zuckerberg lost $11 billion in personal wealth. After you have to get slapped around by investors. There's nothing about losing eleven billion dollars in personal wealth. Should anyone have that much? To, I don't know, anyone well, that absolutely much. not. I'm just I'm just using that as <laughs> as a marker of of how um like Facebook was um the possibly the most valuable company on earth, um, rivaled only by Apple, and I think now it's somewhere approaching um one of the large restaurant chains on it has literally lost that much value in a year. Well, um. it was, it was, to be honest, I, I just think there's a couple of things going on and I know the big money guys probably won't agree with me, but um, Zuckerberg never invented anything. He, um, you know, stole or, uh, you know, the, the court case said stole. Be that um, as in May and, and the Winklevoss no. twins may be, may, be, may be swimming in a sea of karma, but no, no, that's uh, what I'm saying. I'm saying that he never invented anything. So he had a product that he learned how to market. Um, he's had problems ever since the Cambridge Analytica event where he had to close down a bunch of the um, very specific psychological targeting that he did. But uh, he's never invented anything. So then he goes to try to invent something that's never existed before. And he's not good at it. You know, <laughs> he, you know there's, there's different types of brains, right? Maybe he's a really good CEO at running it, but the problem is he can never be removed from his position. He's unaccountable. Mm -hmm. So he, if someone tells him, like, this is dumb, because I'm not saying that. A lot of people said, a lot of reviewers, I read a lot of the tech reviewers, the tech articles, it was dumb, like the way he did it and the way the avatars looked, and it was just not cool. And if you're trying to sell the metaverse to people, it's going to have to be cool. And the other thing is there are restrictions, according to the technologists that like write about the internet itself, where it'd be 50 years before we have the power to actually back that. So he, it wasn't cool. It got a lot of bad reviews when it was launched. He's never created before and um, he can't be removed from his position. So when you start losing all that money, normally you'd be fired, but he can't be fired. So he's going to still keep going forward. He said, so, and then with Google, I would just say, and just real quick, and anyway, jump in, I can tell, um, Google and the other companies have lost their, inabil their ability to innovate. All they, uh, they're such a prisoner of Wall Street now and they have to make money every quarter uh, that they have lost their innovation. You know, years ago, they got rid of that time of day that the engineers could just spend on their own projects and they removed a lot of those projects and now it's all about you have to make money, more money, more money, more money and eventually you can't make more money um, and eventually 
you lose track of who you are. And if you've seen the search results of late, have you seen those ones yet, uh, Jim, where it's like four product lines and then a and then a link and then four product lines and then a link, like you're 3000 pixels down before you get to the like fifth or sixth result. I got a couple different clients mentioning that to me actually. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the worst result I've ever seen. Like I wrote, I wrote Google and I was like, this is the worst SERP ever. And what they're using is machine learning to lay out the results, but people don't read a page like a machine. And so my eye, when it looks at those results, goes, I have no idea what I'm even looking at. Like it looks like the products are part of the link above. And then they have another image next to the pro the the SERP results, you know, the site. And then they also have the site icons on top and mobile, which is also distracting. It's like they didn't have anyone visually check any of this. They just let the machines create it. And it looks like a machine created page. It's horrible. And I imagine they, except for the fact that they're hiding so many ads now in the desktop and mobile scrolls, because now they give you four pages to scroll through. I don't think, I think people are just going to be so turned off. They're just not going to know what to do on on those pages and they're going to all come up for the holidays. Well, actually people are turned off and um, at least a, a fairly large group of them do seem to know what to do. And that's bug out to something they find better. Um, TikTok is being used as a search engine and it's, it's surprisingly accurate for a number of people, especially given the irrelevancy of a lot of Google search results. Uh, um, I, I, I know it's weird. No, I have my doubts about it. I think that Google was trying to divert people from thinking they had too dominant a position because they're the ones who said this. I was at a marketing class where I gave a talk to a bunch of 20 year olds. Like I think there were 70 people. And I asked how many use TikTok for search, and I think five raised their hands. And so I asked them, I said, I tried TikTok for search. And I said, it, I, nothing. Like, I, it did nothing for me. I couldn't even get a location that was in my state. And they said, oh, we're not using it for searches like that. We use it for, like, recipes, things like that. So, so when they say that when a 20-year-old is saying they're well, using it for search, they mean, like, they're searching a particular task. What like are most recipe. people using search for? Oh, Honestly, no, most no. yeah, most people use search to figure out how to do stuff day to day in their in their daily yeah. lives. How do they? It's, hell, I use search all the time to figure out how to spell words. Right, but I use I use TikTok and I've tried it and it is remarkably inaccurate. So there just there's very specific areas of TikTok that have a lot of content, like recipes. Mm -hmm. um, but as far as like finding a restaurant reviews, maybe. But I even tried naming restaurants in my city and that, they didn't even come up. So they gave me all the restaurants in Colorado for some reason. So I just, I just, I'm, I'm very suspect, suspect of that report. One thing so. I understand about TikTok is you have to be incredibly specific with, uh, with what you're searching for because they silo really efficiently. They um, do very efficient. I do some videos locally, and uh, I can tell you that I almost get all local responses or California. And I asked somebody at the conference about that who was doing a TikTok talk. And she says, yes, they do hyper, uh, hyper aggregate you in groups. So also like my friends will say, everyone on TikTok is so young. And I'm like, no, most of the people I get are between like 30 and 60. Right. So they also group you age wise. I rarely see somebody who's like, you know, 15 to like 25 in my page. So it's very, it's a very, but it's a very hyper efficient algorithm. Um, it's, it's very highly aggregate. Well, this is a place where I think a, a lot of energy is moving to. Um, it, I don't know if it's the Google killer or not. Google is the Google killer. 
Uh, yeah, Google's killing itself. <laughs> as Google kills itself, other applications are going to come in to replace it. Some of them will, will come in for short periods of time and then be replaced by something that's uh, that users find more, uh, even more efficient um, or useful for for them. Eventually, um, something will come along that will define um, how the web is used and understood for the next decade or so. And um, it may be Google, or may not be. That's the, that's the weird thing. I eh? like. I feel like we're in a in a major transition point right now. Well, yeah, I think so, and I, I would say. Um, I think with, yeah, I think we're at a transition point. I also think that the transition point could just be that we're going to move away from all these corporations paying no attention to what users actually want. You know, Facebook did that with the metaverse. Google's doing it with search. You know, um, there's the brands don't, they're so big and they have to just make money. The only thing that pushes them is their revenue. I would tell anybody in SEO that if you're, like freaked out that Google could like die one day because this is where your job is. <laughs> if you're in organic search, everything you learn about organic is how to make a good website. So you could always just become a website consultant, you know, on how to make, you know, content that, you know, people want to visit and because you're making it for users too. So well, indeed the other thing, the other thing you learn in search, um, especially in the technical side of SEO is how to think, how to, yeah. you know, assess things. Um, you can be, you can be a consultant pretty quickly. Um, a, a data consultant, a traffic consultant, um, a marketing consultant. Exactly. Um, or you could use your understandings of how things work to, um, well, understand how things work and guide clients through the next marketing um, venue, which again, maybe TikTok, maybe Google, maybe Bing. <laughs> you, you, the, the folks in Seattle didn't actually hear me, or in Belleville didn't actually hear me say that, but it could be. Um, <laughs> it could be Bing. Like, you never know. Bing might decide it cares about search. <laughs> um, but it doesn't want to miss the boat on the on this search thing now that it seems to be you know here to stay, right? Yeah. Um, it could be Reddit for goodness' sake. <laughs> Probably uh, well, not, it but be. it could be. It could be. I, I just think that it could also be Google, where Google realizes. That this big push to do machine learning everything is not positive for their bottom line. Well, I, I think so. the point I'm trying to make is learn platforms, learn your platforms, learn yeah. what they're good for. Some, in some cases, working on Reddit might act some energy thrown into Reddit in specific in specific cases may be more valuable than throwing that that day's worth of energy into Google. Um, it really depends on what what outcome you want. Um, it's all well, about driving traffic. Yeah, it's like the reason I'm learning TikTok isn't because I want to become a TikTok influencer or something. <laughs> it's because I need to know what to recommend to clients. So anytime there's a platform that people are using, if they say to me, should I do TikTok ads? Should I do TikTok? I need to know enough about it to say, yeah, and I'll find you somebody who can do that for you because that's not going to be me. Or, you know, it's really not for your brand, but let's direct you in the right, the right way to use your resources. So that's part of being a consultant is understanding, you know, the everything that's out there, what tools are out there and how they benefit your clients. A problem with being a uh, consultant in a global age of, um, well, let's say peak uncertainty um, is you spend all this time learning this really cool, amazing platform that lets you communicate in such a great way with all these people, especially younger persons. And suddenly, um, for national security reasons or something, it's banned or possibly banned. 
Um, TikTok. I mean, what the what the heck should people think about about um, TikTok national security and um, at least one FCC commissioner? It's five of them, but at least one FCC commissioner, FCC commissioner Brendan Carr, suggesting uh, he doesn't believe there's a path forward for anything other than a ban when it comes to to TikTok and data privacy. Yeah. So a lot of I've talked to people and they think. Well, you know, Facebook or Google, they have all this information. And that's true. And if you actually knew how much information, you might not use those either. <laughs> <laughs> well, the users, I think the users are, I think they're absolutely aware, but they've just I stopped have, caring. I don't know. I don't think they're as aware. I think they hear privacy and they think, oh, they have my name and stuff. They don't realize like your phone actually can tell Google like how fast you're traveling and in what direction and mm -hmm. um, when you're walking because it has certain elements in your phone that make your phone work that Google can tap into. But but the problem with TikTok is, let's back up just a second. This week, Twitter had to ban 2,000 accounts for the China trying to manipulate the elections, right? Mm -hmm. So the problem with TikTok, and I tried to explain this to someone and I don't think I did a great job, but maybe I can here, is that um, TikTok, unless it's completely separated from the Chinese government, the Chinese government is embedded with the company. And that does mean they get the data and they said they weren't getting the data, but then a researcher about three, I think it was about three months ago, proved that they were getting all this data from your mm -hmm. phone and they use it to target US citizens when they try to manipulate us to support something that they want supported. And people think, oh, I'm not that easily manipulated, but you've been manipulated by ads your whole life and probably weren't aware how many times that happened. So it's a, it's the same kind of thing. Um, the the Epic Times, Epoch Times, I'm not sure exactly if mm -hmm. you say it, is a Chinese uh, propaganda organization. But what they do is they pump out all these happy posts until they want you to believe something that they want you to believe, and they insert them the China China post. And so the propaganda post. Yes, exactly the propaganda post. So I see friends share Epoch Times all the time, and I have to tell them like, please don't share that because that is pure propaganda. But now because of TikTok, because the information they get off your phone from other apps that you visit, from things you do on your phone, because nobody uses TikTok on desktop. Um, they can target you like Cambridge Analytica use Facebook for targeting, except a little different. They don't have to go through Facebook's advertising platform. They can just have the data. So uh, the, the goal was to get Oracle to take over um, all the databasing uh, here in the United States with no ability for China to access it. And I know that was the plan. I don't know if that's still the plan. That was about a month ago. So, um, but he's right. There are reasons to be concerned. I know U.S. soldiers used to not be allowed to have TikTok on their phones at all. I don't know if they can now, but they weren't allowed to. So. Um, recently, it's come to light that uh, Beijing, the, the, the People's Republic, has um, opened police stations in several North American cities, New York, Toronto, Los Angeles, Chicago, um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure about other, other large cities, but very, very large North American cities with large um, expat Chinese populations um, with the purpose literally of intimidating and controlling that expat population and pushing a pro-Chinese point of view. Um, by the way, just for listeners, I'm not a right-wing conspiracist. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very left-wing in my point of view, <laughs> but <Yeah. laughs> I am very um, concerned about... Um, uh, uh, Chinese state influence over um, Western Western democracy and versus in Western democracy. This is we live here to be free of such influence. Um, 
and uh, uh, I, I really don't like seeing backsliding on that anyway. Um, so this 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 very much worries me, and I think that the, that that um, ByteDance, the company that uh, that currently owns and controls all, all the data coming out of TikTok, um, is used by the Chinese government to track individuals. Um, or the data supplied by ByteDance is used by the Chinese government to specifically track and target individuals, and that is frightening. At the same time, um, oh my goodness, TikTok is so incredibly useful. <laughs> it's yeah, like I Twitter, mean, it's, um, except with video, it's so useful. Yeah, it's, it's fun, but I will say, um, you know, I like it when I got some downtime, just because just listen to people's opinions. The things that go best on TikTok are just regular folks sitting in their house talking. Yeah. But it's kind of neat to listen to how people think. Uh, but with uh, the China, like I went to China as a, as part of an IBM UN uh, coalition to teach accessibility standards to Chinese province officials. And we were monitored, of course, while we were there. And I was told not to, to access Facebook or any of the Western sites. So I didn't because I was with the UN and IBM. I know Americans go over there and they find a way to bypass. But I figured it would be a bad idea to create an international incident. <laughs> So, so I didn't, but I got back to the airport in the United States and I went to plug in my computer and it's like, um, I had a windows top, a desk laptop at the time. I have Mac now. And I got, you know, those, um, rollback reports where it can't find things and it tells you it needs to roll back to a previous version. Yeah. yeah. It was like, can't find this, can't find this, can't find, it was like 50 things it couldn't find. And then it rolled back. And what it couldn't find is what the Chinese government put on my computer while I was in China. You got, you got great firewalled and uh, your yeah. computer couldn't do certain processes. Right. And I had to restore it to a previous version of my, my uh, computer because <laughs> of that. Well, so, and all, all I was, was uh, teaching Chinese province officials about accessibility. Um, so, so there's very, have... very real concerns that TikTok might be bannable by the FCC or yeah, like, is, I do think... you think it's actually going to happen? I don't think so because I think, there's too much U.S. interest, money interest in it. I think what they'll do is they will create the Oracle firewall, and Oracle will will and Oracle's a good company for that, and they will not allow China to have any access to the database of Americans. Uh, I don't know about outside America, but uh, I think that is prudent because I think people hear China all the time and they don't really understand how pervasive surveillance. So I can't say the word today is in China. Um, you know those little happy faces you see, like sometimes like customer service at somebody's station, you click like a frowny face or a smiley face or a mid face. Um, they had those when we were going through the airport, and the people from uh, the UN told me uh, when you when you select that, that's not about customer service; it's about his social score as a human being in China. So he gets uh, negative yeah, negative that's, reports. That's yeah. all black mirror stuff. That's very scary. But it's all real too. That's the thing. Yeah. So when when people hear that U.S. government wants to ban TikTok because of China, they have good reasons to have concerns about what they're doing, and they do do a lot of um, cyber espionage. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 
Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. In the United States, Dave, I think they were the ones who also got into like some of our power plants and things like that. So, so there's reasons to be concerned because if they can locate where you are, what you do, who you are, everything on your phone and get that information back to the Chinese government, it can be used against the United States or people in the United States, or as you said, expats from China in the United States. Nevertheless, it's probably worth learning and investing a whole bunch of time in TikTok because it's going to be a marketing platform in the uh, very, it's already a marketing platform and it's going to be a marketing platform in the future. And um, your clients got to represent there. Um, just if, if, if they don't, the competition will. Um, yeah. Um, it's one of those weird conundrums, eh? It's it's there and it's awful, but you actually have to use it, even though it's there and it's awful because it's just so damn useful. Well, yeah, and it's fun. Like I said, I, that's why I think they're having a hard time just banning it because it is a fun app. Like well, you know, you know what that kind of reminds me of? The great elephant elephant representation thing in the room, Twitter. Yeah, yeah. By the way, which by the way has Chinese backers. And Saudi, well, sure, backers. Saudi backers um, and, so, uh, you know, um, uh, Peter Thiel backers and that sort of stuff. Sure. Well, so Peter, hey, how um, to uh, lose even how to lose almost as much money as Mark Zuckerberg, uh, but not quite uh, <laughs> in two or three easy steps um, or two or three incredibly stupid steps. Stupid steps, yeah. I mean, seriously. So Twitter is thought to be, I mean, Twitter is valued at $40 billion because that's what somebody just paid for it. <laughs> but yeah. honestly, nobody billion. thinks it's worth $40 billion. They think it's yeah, maybe $10, 12000000000 billion. Uh, 20, 25, I think, is the current stock price. Okay. Um, so Elon Musk just paid um, twice what the thing was worth for it. And is uh well uh I think I think the right the right right adverb is musking all over it currently. <laughs> they call um, him muskrat on Twitter right now. <laughs> spreading his musk all over it. Yeah. And um right. really um well really brushing people the wrong way. Uh I mean when when you got Stephen King, when Stephen King turns against you, you're probably screwed. Um you're getting for a bad, bad, bad night. Right. Um <laughs> Uh, uh, so Elon Musk starts the week by, um, well, buying Twitter. Did that last, only last Friday, by the way, just for everyone, just to get a sense of proportion here. That was only six days ago. He buys Twitter and it's well, like the whole no, world was turned like, upside down since. The deal went through. He bought it a while. Well, indeed, but okay. But it happened. He walked into the office yeah. with the kitchen sink as we were talking last week on the show. Yeah. Okay, so Elon is in the house as of six days ago, and everything yeah. is different and changed and feels weird. Um, so, uh, uh, 
the, the, what, uh, trying to explain what he's done to Twitter employees, some of whom are uh, searchonauts, uh, some of whom are SEOs, people, people from our own industry, friends of ours. Uh, Frederick Towns, I think, got, got super screwed recently by, by, by at Twitter, which is awful. He's one of the best people in the world. Um, um, Elon Musk has been firing people left, right, and center just before their options vest, so he doesn't got to pay their options. So people right. who bet on this, who bet their careers on this, They're, you know, this was part of their life plans. Um, that's just incredibly dreadful. Um, um, uh, 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 he's 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 cutting a workforce to the bone to save money because he's got a billion dollars a month. He's got a Pay now oh, in interest on debt, yes. and um, he's taken away all of well, not all, but the very vast majority of people who are content moderators just like a week ahead of the midterms. Well, Dude. okay, yeah, he, he fired most of the head of the safety team too, which I've noticed a big increase of uh, certain parties' uh, fake accounts. Mm -hmm. They're not actually the people. Right, they're fake account people, and they just come and call you names and say horrible stuff. And so the I creators. just block. But no, they're not even that. They're paid for. It's the paid for accounts. Okay. Uh, they tell like I've got six followers. This account's from two thousand and nine, and I have fourteen thousand tweets. Those are fake accounts. Um, they don't. The fake accounts don't like having followers, so they don't have followers. They get rid of all the followers. So, uh, so the pro so multiple problems. One. Yes, he is going to fire 50% of the Twitter workforce because he has a billion dollar note he has to meet on just the interest. And I don't know if it's a month or per year, but the bank said yesterday, if he doesn't make his payments by, uh, there's like a six month and a 12 month installment, they're recalling the loans. So he will owe them 12 to $14 billion plus interest. So the reason he's cutting it and the reason yesterday uh, this week he announced he was charging for Twitter blue verification is because he has to make up that money and really, really fast. But so, even if he charged everybody who's currently got Twitter blue verification, even if he charged each of them twenty dollars, his his original, um, what he what he originally wanted to charge, he would only make like a few, uh, I think what like eighty ninety million dollars, wouldn't even come close to the to the debt he actually has to pay. Well, if he did charge eight dollars, there's um, I checked it. There's two hundred ninety nine million Twitter users. Of course, how many of those are real? Is another. Thing. And are they all going to get blue checked? Like, do they do they even warrant a blue check? Like, who are these people? Oh, you know, that's no offense to people. I don't got a blue check, but I don't care. <laughs> but that's <laughs> the thing: the blue check will have no meaning. Anybody can get a blue check. Well, and for a blue check, you don't lose what you already got. <laughs> like that's that, well, that's crazy, huh? Well, what's so dumb about it is it's like the blue check is there so people know Stephen King is the Stephen King, right? You have to have some sort of notoriety or some reason that your identity could be confused with somebody else um, a lot of people in our industry got them before they changed those policies and stricter <laughs> you know but, the, other, um, the other trim hedger is an undertaker which is equally cool to what i do well if we talk about the person that's not here today that i'm filling in for dave davies right there's dave davies of the kinks right mm -hmm. so dave davies of the kinks has the blue check well what if there's five million dave davies every single one of them will have a blue check is there a quote verified person on Twitter? Well, verified just means that you know you send in some documentation. So um, Musk is like, well, that'll stop all the bots and fake accounts. No, it won't, because most of the fake accounts are real people 
that are paid to cause disruption in social media for certain political interests, Russia, China, whoever. Which, which you know, sometimes we think Mr. Mu- Mr. Mr. Musk is actually well aware of. Well, yeah, he buys a lot of, uh, there are tools where you can see where the bots are hanging out. And uh, he, he, has all his, he has his own bot army he's paid for. So, um, so, the, oh so, so, so real quick, so Twitter blue, your, your blue has no meaning now. Because everyone has one. And then he's like, well, I'll just put little gray things under there that say, like, you're the real uh, Stephen King. Well, you don't see that when you see someone's tweets come through. You have to click through the tweet to see it. And and also a lot of the big blue checks, including ones are uh, Amy Siskin. I don't know if you know her, but she already left. She's gone. Mm-hmm. And so Stephen King said, if you charge me, I'm gone. And then Musk said, well, how about $8 instead of 20 And it's like, uh, Stephen King's like, it's a principle. I'm not paying for it because here's the... Achilles heel for Twitter. Ten percent of people who are power users—that means you're on there four days a week or more, and you're on there multiple times a day, like mm-hmm. me, like other people in our industry—we're power users. We make eighty percent of the content, mm-hmm. so he cannot afford to make very many people mad, who are the power users, because he will lose massive amounts of content. And then what do you sell ads against? And that massive amount of content gets other people engaged who are not that engaged with Twitter, right? And so then it becomes of, another parlor. Yeah, so t- yeah, that's exactly where it's going. But the interesting thing today, and I have not had a chance to review all this, so I'm just telling you what I saw. So mm-hmm. um, uh, I'll probably tweet about it later. Um, there are internal documents that show they wanted to pressure the blue checks to leave to turn it into a right wing site. Well, what's so, the point um, of that though? It'll it'll if 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 Twitter loses the um uh. uh What's the right word? Veracity, the sense of veracity. No, I mean, and, and that, that might sound crazy. People, people hearing me say that in relation to Twitter, given what it's become. But news organizations use Twitter to break stories. Um, revolutionary movements, uh, people's movements, uh, used it to organize. Um, Sean Dolan uh, and I rescuing people in Hurricane Harvey. It, um, indeed, uh, in times of disaster, um, particularly in the United States, people use it to organize to save each other. Um, there is an element of truthfulness that um, makes any communications between any humans um, uh, useful, um, uh, practical. If there isn't truthfulness and trustworthiness, then then um, people can't organize to get great things done. And if Twitter loses that by becoming another um, far right echo chamber. Um, Forty-four billion dollars spent to become Nowheresville. Well, see, when he started this whole thing, he was going to leverage his Tesla stock, and they told him after a little while, um, no. And so he was not allowed to do that anymore. So I think at first he thought this was a funny game, and he was going to do what he normally does because he did try to bully the price down. And then and just it, got in over his head. Well, yeah, because he tried to bully the price down, and he did. I mean, his postings on Twitter um, did cause uh, there's articles about they do believe that had an help to push down the twitter price sure, but he FTC thought he was gonna have something to say about that so far he's committed a lot of sec and FTC violations in this deal but they let it go through so i don't know but um so but the the, the question is like some of this is surmise me surmising but a lot of this is you know there's factual basis to it and that is uh peter teal from a wall street journal story put him up to purchase it and everyone behind this deal has certain political interests in the United States that would be would be furthered if they could get certain people out of power. 
Saudi Arabia, a Binance, uh, one of the big crypto firms that doesn't want to be regulated, uh, Mark Anderson, who's um, very far right, Peter Thiel, who doesn't believe, and by the way, what I'm saying right now, he's actually written, so this isn't me, doesn't believe in democracy, thinks giving women the right to vote destroyed capitalism, and uh, hangs out with alt-writers and neo-Nazis. So he's going to put Musk up to it. Musk doesn't want the regulation either. So, because um, they they're big crypto. So Musk and Teal came together to do crypto at PayPal. PayPal was supposed to be a crypto company. They're frenemies. Like sometimes they hate each other. Sometimes they're buddies. Right now they're buddies. So, uh, so whatever was behind the initial push, push the reasons I think it was political. Um, they tried to do what they normally do, and that is bully the price down, then change the contract, get it for the lower price, and then um, do whatever they want to do with it. But he couldn't get it at the lower price. Once he bullied the price down, he was stuck with the $44 billion price tag because the court said so. So now he's got to recoup all that money. It's not worth that. He can't make it worth that in any short period of time. And he has to recoup at least that billion dollar interest payment, which I don't know if it's monthly or yearly, but whatever it is, it's a lot of money. Yearly sounds, yearly sounds a lot more reasonable. And even that sounds like a hell of a lot of money. No, the billion is definitely true. I looked that up. I just don't remember if it was monthly or yearly, but they gave him $14 billion, so yearly sounds right. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. He's in deep. Again, He likely, it likely went too far, too fast, over his head, and yeah, he's the one left holding the bag with his signature on the I bought it line. Um, poor Elon. Ha! Let's see what happens huh. next. Uh-huh. Well, one, one real quick thing, too, <clears throat> is... Um, with uh oh no i just lost my chance oh no um oh uh peter Thiel and uh was a part of the deal until two weeks ago um they tried to get <laughs> and to give... he quietly stepped out the party before anybody noticed uh yeah yeah <laughs> it's just like before, before the check shows up the dude slips out the door right <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and by the way people anything i'm saying about peter Thiel, you can google because he's very public about these opinions uh, he has the most. He would powerful. be the kind of guy to want to like buy, order a whole bunch of drinks, and walk out just before the check shows up. What a dude! <laughs> but the thing is, he has most the most powerful dating mining software, and I think it might be in the world, but it's definitely the U.S. governments have used it. So he knows. So they tried just to, said this about him. So they tried to get the Twitter firehose during the court case, and they weren't given it. But they tried push for it really hard. There are a bunch of articles about it, and so with that firehose. And that data mining software, whatever their goal is, I'm sure that was Peter Thiel's interest, was to get all the data out of Twitter about all the people on Twitter. Well, kind of like TikTok. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, except internally. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we have about 10 minutes left in the show. And, um, you know, luckily, not a lot really happened in the action, in the SEO world. Um uh, there may or may not have been another uh, Google update. I really have a hard time reacting to them at this point. Um, interesting. If we can talk about really, really quickly, and this, we can't really stay on anything very long. Right. Uh, yeah, Google's, we talked a lot. <laughs> that was fun, though. I mean, it's, it's, that, that, that was a deep dive into into the Twitter deal and Elon and what may or may not be happening and why you really should study TikTok, even though it may or may not be there tomorrow, but you really should anyway, because... Everything is crazy in social media platform land. Learn as much as you can because your clients are going to have to be somewhere soon. Um, and you want to know, and you want to know that 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 venue. Okay, so <laughs> Google um, changed uh, changed uh, its uh, uh, support documents. 
Um, Google's been spending a lot of time recently trying to communicate with SEOs and update its uh, its, 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 its support and, and instructions and advisory documents. And this is an interesting one. Um, Google's removing reference to uh, PageRank in its support documents. Um, yeah. Well, that, that's, I think that that's really cool, I think, moving forward. Um, for listeners who may not know, PageRank was basically describes the kernel of Google's ranking algorithms in which a link equals a vote and then uh, a bunch of different uh, calculations get applied on top of that to the, 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 the weight and value of any given link. But um, PageRank was how Google started and how it became the better mousetrap than its competitors at the time, like those AltaVista, um, uh, Yahoo, um, the Madison MSN, and whatever. Um, and now it's removed it from from its support documents entirely. What do you think? What do you think about that? Well, first of all, let's remind people it was named after Larry Page. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, not PageRank because it's a website page. Uh, I think that Google just doesn't want you to manipulate links, so they're trying to make it sound like they don't matter because I know they still matter as much as they ever did. Uh, I think that Google. Um, because for years, Google was telling people, don't concentrate on links, just write good content. That's all you need to do. Uh, that's not all you need to do. I've seen sites die on the vine who refuse to somehow acquire links, right, with amazing content. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I just think that they want to pe- they want people to not know about links. You know, like the SEO industry knows, but if a mom and pop's, you know, re- reading it, they're not going to know. Well, and so I think, I, that, I think that's why they're doing it. I think they want to hide, hide it because they can't, they can't get rid of them. They've tried. And it doesn't I work. disagree to a point. Um, and again, I don't, I don't really cut you off. So we, we need to move fast. because a couple more things that we do, we do want to cover. I disagree to a point in that I think links are still really, really important and always will be important um, in Google and any other algorithmic search engine. Um, they're important at Bing. They're important at DuckDuckGo. But they're less important at Google than they used to be, given the new importance of other um, direct signals, um, core web values, um, uh, 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 Google trying to match content um, with query, um, and Google's applications of AI, which I'm not sure Google itself understands. when Google stopped devaluing crap, craptastic links and just started ignoring them, I think it started doing a lot less major, putting a lot less energy into link analysis and pretty much devalued uh, link manipulation anyway. Mm. Um, I think this is just an admission that there are many other ranking, ranking factors um, and links aren't as important as they used to be. Yeah, we're going to just agree on that one. So I agree to disagree on that. I don't see any evidence that they've dropped the value of links and I don't think they can just assess based on what they have. I think that they just don't want people to manipulate links because they doing the disavow for all those years. They got most of the big major link networks and figured out how to find them. But I do know Black Hat's that's still very successful using like private blog networks. It's just they're very good at hiding them from Google. Um, yeah. Uh, Google also mm-hmm. um, told users... Uh, in your sitemap, don't include links that have session IDs or other user-dependent uh, identifiers. The addition uh, here is the phrase user-dependent identifiers. When asked about it, John Mueller um, did the cyber equivalent of shrugging his, shoulder, shrugging his shoulders and wrote back. When asked why, uh, Mueller shrugs his shoulders and writes back, 
the internet. So the web and uh, the way pages are, are constructed, all the different match and sort features um, that you can get in a web page, I think are screwing with Google's perception of the web. Well, I don't know if that's the same as when my fasted nav showed a billion pages, but I could see why that's a problem. <laughs> Indeed, eh? And, yeah. and, and, and by the way, um, this is Google being a victim of its own damn success. You made the bot do that. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, it was 2 billion pages, but um, it found the faceted navigation in it, and it was a React site, and it's dynamically generated, so it dynamically <laughs> generated every page it could ever find on that faceted navigation. Which and every possible billion. combination. And by the way, if you want, yeah. you, know that, you know that mental exercise of how to figure out, like, how many combinations could be in, like, a four or five uh, letter word? Or, or letter in common. Yeah. Just watch the way Google goes through the sort feature of a, of a dynamic website. <laughs> That'll answer yeah. your question for you. I can tell you 2 billion pages on 2 million products and the time that it created, uh, there was a calendar uh, widget someone added and it was based on like a, a, not React, but that kind of thing. And so the JavaScript framework. And so it created every date for 40 years. That's when I stopped crawling. <laughs> like, you know what? I, I, I can see this being one of those like uh, trick questions Google asks potential employees. How many, <laughs> how many, how many weird URLs might a React uh, website create? <laughs> <laughs> well, we dropped like we dropped like twenty percent three days after they put that widget in, and it was because the crawler got stuck in the calendar widget and just kept going <laughs> for I don't know how many years it went, but it, it, you could technically go to the, forever in that calendar app the way it was created. So Google, again, is saying, uh, hey, please don't send that stuff here. We'll find it yeah. ourselves. Yeah. And basically, your, by the way, your sitemap should be only 200 response code, site, yeah. uh, pages that exist, no redirects, no 404s, no anything else. Just your straight URLs, 200 response codes. So. Well, indeed. Yeah. I Help Google out because that's what Google wants the sitemap for. It's, it's, it's a method of discovery. Um, and beyond that, I don't think that, that they really care much about the sitemap, except that yeah. it shows a, if you're updating and it shows that it's a constant, um, uh, I don't know that you're, paying, that you're paying that much more attention to your site, but I don't think it's that much of a signal to them. Um, it just helps them discover stuff. Exactly. And that's all it is. It's just in case they can't find something in the crawl, it's always good to have your sitemap so they can find whatever's on your site. This is, uh, I think this is the last one we're going to be able to touch. It's over at Search Engine Land, and um, it was written by Maria White, uh, posted uh, earlier, to, earlier today. Um, Christmas is coming, Black Friday, Cyber Monday are coming, and uh, there's not a lot you can do about ranking at this point. Um, I mean, kind you know, of. it's, well. But they, they do a special refresh about a week before the holiday. Yeah. Um. I, and they will get you in there for that. I know because I worked for a client who didn't put up Black Friday pages, and we put them up the four, five days before, and we got in the top ten. We're getting so, close. We're getting awfully close. <laughs> oh, you don't want to wait. Don't get me wrong. You don't want to test it, but so, you can, you do want to get in there. Plus, Black Friday's already started on most major sites, so you're missing out on revenue if you haven't started your Black Friday pages. Get over to uh, Search Engine Land. Check out uh, the five SEO best practices for Black Friday and the holiday season. I'm just going to read through them really quick. Just the headlines. Um, like uh, like Christine said, create dedicated landing pages for Black Friday. Focus on user experience. Uh, the navigation. Uh, make sure the shopping cart's easy to use. Uh, improve the page experience. Just really get them to the product. Um, use faceted navigation. Um, uh, uh, 
make sure people are able to like uh, uh, personalize their search and give them lots of options so they can again really quickly hone in on the uh, filters and options so they can hone in on the on the product type of product they want. The faster you get them to the buy button uh, with what they're actually looking for, the more likely they are to buy it from you. Exactly. Uh, optimize your shopping cart. Um, uh, offer a whole bunch of different ways people can pay. Not just uh, don't just make it PayPal because uh, some people may not use PayPal. Um, or you know just find find as many payment methods as you can. Um, make it easy to uh, uh, create accounts. Uh, you sign ups via social media. Um, so it's like a one-click sign-up. Um, discount coupons. People love discount coupons. Um, make sure it's mobile-friendly. And um, 404s happen. They really do. They happen all the time. But if they happen to your user, make sure your user can get to what they want to find. Give them a custom 404 error page that moves yeah. them forward, not leaves them sticking in place, feeling dumb for being there in the first place. And, and there's one more thing that I think they missed. Yeah, yeah. And that is uh, one of the most important things. One of the biggest reasons for shopping cart abandonment is not knowing your shipping offer. So if yes. you have free shipping, shipping after $49, put it in a bar on the top of your site because people will come to your page and most of your competitors are going to have that bar at the top of their site that says $49, everything free or whatever, right? Yep. Spend 49 So make sure you have that in a little bar on the top that people can easily read because otherwise you're going to leave money on the table. Put it in contrasting flashing letters with a picture of a parrot or something. They'll okay, not notice. that. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> the contrasting is um, good. I know and a use lot of music. Site designs, especially the high-end ones, want to make it like almost indetectable. And it's like, that's not why it's there. It's there so people know your shopping offers. So it's very important. Give people shipping, a, shipping. Uh, concentrate on core web, uh, core web vitals. Make yeah. sure um, it's a fast page. People are able to fill in the forms without getting frustrated, especially in mobile. Because seriously, one wrong thumb swipe and they're out of there onto your competitor's page because that page is easier to use than yours. Um, so look at Google Lighthouse, um, check out page, uh, page speed insights, check out GT metrics. If page speed insights isn't working for you, um, or if it's, uh, 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 giving you information that, um, how to say this, that isn't useful to you. There's uh, GT metrics also works. Um, That's great too. Uh, get, check out all of the stats, all your user stats, make sure your page is as user-friendly as possible. Work with your paid search person, uh, paid search team. Uh, coordinate with them. Um, you can support each other in the biggest ways. And heaven knows you're making landing pages. They're making landing pages. You got common cause. Um, get your Google Google business profile together, especially if you're a retail store. Um, but even if you're even if you're an online store, like just an retail store, um, Google is. Um, allowing home address businesses to um, have listings in Google business now. Um, oh, nice. So, I didn't, I missed that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so get your Google, Google, um, list, Google business profile in order. And um, lastly, um, get out there with um, digital PR. Really cool uh, uh, suggestion that, uh, that, that Maria wrote up was send journalists covering Black Friday and Christmas specials a list of your top products complete with photos and prices. Um, that's, a, that's, that's, you know, why not? That's a great journalists idea. are lazy. Having been one myself, I can tell you straight up, they're lazy <laughs> as heck. 
because if you feed them information, <laughs> they'll eat it up. Um, yeah, especially when they have to write all those lists. Yeah. And best lists, yeah. Um, absolutely. Um, write good content, write good blog posts, share those blog posts with other websites, give other websites reasons to write about your website. Um, even, even if that means you get, you, you know, you're going to give an incentive to the, to that author, do it. Don't talk about it. Just do it. Oh, and one, one last thing. There are Black Friday sites. Um, they used to be run by Ziff Davis. I don't know if they still are. Uh, make sure you're listed on those if you're e-commerce because those will show up in the top 10 for about a week or two and then they'll mm -hmm. disappear. So you want to make sure that those sites are, um, you're on those sites and you have a listing on those sites. Yeah. Otherwise I'll outrank you. Um, get and get links. Get incoming yeah. links right now. Really? Try to make them do follows. Um, really try to make Wait. them do follows. <laughs> Wait, links work? Ask anybody. Of course, well, of course they will. <laughs> um, in fact, if you want a fast boost, get links. If you want a long-term boost, write amazing, amazing, amazing content. Or do uh, both. Do them both together, <laughs> and you got a good strategy happening. Exactly. Okay. Uh, speaking of good strategies, we've gone just over time. Uh, so we got to go. Um, Christine, thank you so much for uh, for beginning here this week. Thank you it's, for having me. It's always it, fun. It is fun talking to you about about social media and the, uh, the, the 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 stuff that's happening behind the scenes there. That was that was a great deal of fun. Um, friends, you have been listening to Webcology on WMR.fm on the uh, recorded live to podcast on the third of November. 2022 stick around the network there's more amazing stuff coming up after this um and get your friends to get a membership at w uh subscription to w wmr to get access to like you know 17 years of incredible digital marketing content uh be kind be cool um rank well remember covid is still real and out there take precautions be kind to each other and we will talk to you next week bye everybody The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.